Hello, you're very welcome to episode 99 of FNI Rap Chat. This is our second episode from quarantine. How is it going for people at this stage? Um, I know it's it's very scary and disruptive, but we really hope that people are finding some p- positives in it all. Um, maybe they're getting a chance to, to write the script that they just didn't have time to do before. Maybe it's given them some in- inspiration. Uh, I think in general people are seeing the value of good film and TV, so hopefully that will be good for our, our industry as well, and uh, I think people will be really hungry to get out to the cinema when everything gets back to normal. Um, the coronavirus kind of has a tendency to make everything else feel a, a bit irrelevant, so I know sitting down to scripts uh, <laughs> that are set outside of this time can feel a little bit... Uh, strange but I think it's important to remember that we will get back to normal and uh, people are going to want all sorts of films so (laughs) um, bear that in mind and also it's really encouraging to see I know there's a lot of uh, writers groups and filmmakers groups um, trying to support each other and organising meetups on Zoom and things like that also finding it great myself just to call up other filmmakers and have a chat and see that we're all in the same boat um, so yeah, remember uh, each other, and you know, call call people up that might be feeling a bit isolated and that kind of thing. Um, <coughs> there's a couple of films uh, that are being released uh, this week, kind of digitally. So our friends at Wildcard Distribution, uh, they have Viver- Vivarium is, has gotten its uh, digital re- release. So the Slorkin Finnegan's feature film uh, starring Imogen Poots. <coughs> So yeah, uh, there's also another one called uh, Four Kids on It, which is a, a co-production with Ireland, and it's kind of a family-friendly feature film uh, starring Michael Caine and uh, some really good cast in there as well. So it might be a good one if you got kids running around. Uh, something a bit different. Um, so uh, this week we have got. Morris Sweeney, um, I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, he's kind of been able to straddle both uh, documentary and drama over the years um, and has combined those two elements brilliantly in films like Idle Horse and Trial of a Century. Uh, also, he's done a lot for History Channel and places like that, or broadcasters like that. Um, his feature doc, Roaring Boy, which is about the uh, the life of Brendan Beaton is absolutely brilliant. And the good thing about Morris is he puts a lot of them up on his Vimeo page. So uh, you can see full episodes, things that you might have missed when they were first released. Uh, so there's an absolute treasure trove of really good stuff to watch there on his Vimeo page, which you'll find if you Google it. Um, so I'm going to go to that conversation. Uh, take care and mind yourselves. Uh, keep in touch and... Uh, We'll be back next week with episode 100. Uh, Mara Sweeney, welcome to the studio. Uh, Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Great to be here. Um, so, 
you've done a hell of a lot of work. You have a huge body of work. So I'm kind of thinking the best way would be to jump in and kind of go from the start. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you might just tell us how you got into film. What were your first kind of seminal moments in terms of films you saw and why you wanted to make films? Um, <clears throat> I remember being seven years of age and in my estate in Ballybrackery grew up, we kind of made a photo montage of a Western um, with just mates. And just, I loved taking the photographs and putting them together and creating a storyboard as such. Uh, and that kind of never left me. I always loved film. Um, my mother and father were very into film as well, so kind of they inculcated me in a lot of ways through books as well. And I just, and I remember seeing uh, there was a kind of a lot of the kind of Channel 4, early Channel Four showed a lot of really interesting European stuff. I remember seeing that, not quite sure what it meant. Yeah. But I remember seeing the film called Mirror, and I didn't know it was Mirror till about ten years later. Right. Uh, by Tarkovsky yeah. with my father and I, I, I kind of didn't ask I just remember images staying with me and it's only when I went back to film college I realised what it was oh, right. that's, that's the film I saw 10 years ago right because you know? um, they used to do Channel 4 they used to do those kind of seasons where they do like Russian cinema or yeah. yeah it was yeah. great and BBC did a lot as well and then uh, Alex Cox used to do stuff which was great that you'd really get an insight into kind of old B movies and stuff like that and you know from Orson Welles down to Sam Raimi you know it was really interesting yeah, crossbreed of stuff and directors and what yeah. was being said. Yeah. So then it was kind of I went to I left school, went to work the building sites and cycle curing in London for three, four years. Right. Uh, did everything I can. Came back and I just decided I, I'd always written scripts there. I'd yeah. always taken photographs. Yeah. Applied to Dunleary, didn't get in. Was told I was on a waiting list. Right. Uh, the day I was going back to buy my ticket for the BNI ferry back to Hollyhead, train to to London back again I got a phone call from the college and you're in and that, right. was, that was the film school and I, I kind of ended up working I'm still working with people I went yeah. with that day you know um, and in terms of what year would we be talking there uh, we, I went in 89 left in 92 I went back and did a year later yeah or, uh, three years later did the first BA degree yeah. Stephen Kieran Donnelly actually did the first director BA really yeah. So, yeah and like when you left initially did kind of film seem like a kind of an impossible dream? <laughs> Look, it was an aspiration at that stage, yeah. and it was kind of. I mean, there was there was people making stuff, but even then, we felt like we weren't ever going to get a door open or mm. um, <clears throat> just that break, you yeah. know? Because you, you do need break. I mean, it's a business; it's all about breaks. And yeah, but you know what? Sticking at it and making shorts. We used to run little film festivals just to keep our busy in our heads and in the yeah. world of film somehow yeah and uh just diligence i suppose and stubborn and just yeah. didn't give up and uh just yeah stuck at it and eventually i actually got a break i went abroad to africa a few months and i came back and got a director's ticket doing commercials okay um which i didn't think i wanted to do but i learned so much for about three years three four years doing commercials which Crazy. was i was working on 35 mil it was budgets yeah it was the toys to play with and yeah. it was uh, deadlines, you know, yeah. which was great, you know. So. And when you say director's ticket, is that a union thing? That or? was a union thing at the time, really okay. hard. I mean, and at the union time, even with cameramen, it forced a lot of cameramen out of Ireland because they couldn't get tickets. Really? Robbie Ryan couldn't get a ticket. Really? When we were in college with Robbie, he was a year, yeah. and we all worked on each other's stuff, yeah. you know. But Robbie couldn't get a ticket as a cameraman in Ireland, so he had to go abroad. Jesus. You know, so there's a, there's a fair few right. <laughs> people who are in England now doing quite well. Yeah. Because they couldn't get into the SIP2 thing wow. at the time. That's loosened up now, thank God. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's funny enough, crews are now organising their own guilds. Yeah, Which yeah. is great. 
and I think Sipta were involved, but it was it was really it was it wasn't a fun, a very open space the film business. No, yeah, you know? yeah, it wasn't. Um, there was kind of the professors and there was a whole load of muckers from college were right. you know, <laughs> messing around at the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was, you know, that's what we did. Something we talk about a bit on the podcast is kind of the, diff- the differing challenges from, say, that period. So a lot of the filmmakers we talk to, there's the kind of generational gap, so we've kind of, of your era, of the, you know, just around the time the film board was reconstituted uh, and then with a lot of kind of more say more my generation of filmmakers and the different challenges uh whereas now like gear equipment stock is not an issue mm. it's more about actually how to get it seen and how like they it making the film is less of a problem but it's actually kind of standing out do would you how do you compare the different the, the different challenges yeah it, it, it's very interesting because <clears throat> i mean oh, we went to the college and we were kind of uh, there was very little theory we were doing we actually yeah. i remember had to argue in dunleary for um, I had to argue in Dunleary to get some theory at one yeah. stage, you know, because there was very little of it. It was practical, brilliant. We were all, yeah. there's a camera, there's a, you know, go out and shoot it, process it, here's a steam back, uh, come back and shoot it, you know, and make mistakes and, you know, expose your film and like that. Yeah. <clears throat> the access, I mean, what we did though, and I think is holds true to the next generation for the makers, is the understanding of film language and film as a language, mm-hmm. which I think changed. I think before, it was seen as people had moved from the short story world, like, say, Neil Jordan moved into filmmaking, got a breakthrough, John Borman. Yeah. Um, there was people kind of messing around with film, but I don't think there was a kind of a history of people who understood the language of film in Ireland. Right. And I think our generation was the first to kind of understand that and start messing around with it a bit. Right, yeah. I think a newer generation have that again, and they're doing it differently in a way, which is brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah, now we're faced with a kind of deluge of how you get noticed... How do you stand out? How do you get distribution? Mm. Um, I mean, I was I joined Film Network Ireland recently. Yeah, and the amount of stuff being done is yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, but it's it's all fighting. It's in a really cl- uh, small space. It seems. Yeah, to get its head above the parapet as such, you know. Um, I mean, I was always very lucky. I got early on to do documentaries for the National Broadcaster. I got to do stuff abroad. I got to do different types of things, you know. So. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I was very lucky in that respect, and I don't ever kind of I don't ever lose sight of that because yeah. I know a lot of really talented people never really got the break they should, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, and that goes for a lot of people from my generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> and what was the first film that you got to make that you know that you were really proud of? Well, um, I remember I, mean, I fell in love after the commercials and I did a few commercials that I liked the mood of and I remember doing one for Kerry Springwater and I look back at it now and it wasn't but it was kind of slow-mo yeah. water there was even a few Tarkovsky shots in there you'd sneak in yeah. was, you know uh, there was a, it was a nice feel there was a lovely kind of was a proper orchestra score to it now that, that was nice but when I really felt I made something decent was when I was in doing documentary and I remember doing a really small part on disability uh, on uh, a stammerer and I remember uh, making this half hour and I remember at the time I remember a few people came up to me and said that was really good it really stood out on TV as... and we were doing this disability show called 360 okay. and I think we were kind of uh, pushing the boundaries to a certain extent of production value right? because um, we were under the radar so we went out we got overshot it a bit <clears throat> We, uh, we spent our time really editing and creating stories. But I remember doing this one on a stammer down in Waterford. Yeah. 
and I just, I, I just felt I knew what I was doing. I felt confident, and I think it came across like that. And I think later I got that in another documentary when I did kind of an art for one of my, it was the second arts documentary. It was on John Connolly, the writer. Okay. Um, and we were very creative narratively with that, and um, it was just John's voice, and yeah. it was just there was a confidence, and it was a really strong imagery, and we felt like we were really making something different and. And not many people saw it, though. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. But that's for me. That's when I felt well. I can. I'm able to make something I'm confident about, yeah. and, and have a. It comes out the way you actually thought it was going to be like. Yeah. You always have yeah. a touchstone as a director. I think you need to have a touchstone of an image or something that you always go back to if you lose your way. Yeah. And I find that with everything I do. Really. Um, yeah. And I think. Kind of never veered on stuff like that. Other stuff as well, but that was kind of when you felt. And I was working with great people at the time. I mean, Richard Kendrick, that was the start of a great relationship as a DOP I worked with, still do, do, working together. Yeah. Nicky Mahan as an editor. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that those things are important. And kind of developing your cast, craft uh, as a documentarian, um, it's kind of, it's funny, like I'm doc, documentary director, mm. do drama as well, like yourself. Mm. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's not necessarily their first, it's not something... You kind of grow up no. watching or thinking, what, what were your kind of influences and how, how did your style kind of develop? Uh, the, it's, it's funny, I found later, like, I, people say I've got a lot of documentary elements to um, drama I've done. Yeah. Just the way we shoot sometimes yeah. and just the, the, na- the naturalism of it sometimes. Yeah. But I think when I was starting doing documentary, it brought a lot of aspirations that I would have had in drama to approaching a documentary right. and creating that narrative arc yeah but really having somebody something or an idea that you really really cared about um that genuinely drove you every that everything there are things at stake in a lot of ways in drama that you can transfer onto a documentary model sometimes yeah and i just felt it was always like i think pace is an important thing um that old cliche of letting it breathe but you know Mm. that uh I'm sick using that term, <laughs> but, but everyone's it's so it. true. It's though. so true, though. Yeah. And I, you, you find that with documentary, I think, just to be intelligent with it. But also, I think a documentary, we were trying a few new things. Like, we were doing drama docs, mm. you know, Cromwell and Ireland. I mean, look back there. I, I, I mean, I'm still very proud of those, what they were doing, because yeah. I think we did them well, you know? And um, and now, now it's, it's seen kind of, as, yeah. it, it kind of, you're seen as... A, it, like the last thing I did, I Dolores was seen as kind of this hybrid thing when I went abroad with it. Like, right? I'd argue it isn't, but um, yeah, I'd argue it's a, just a way of making the film and telling the story. Yeah. Um, if you don't like it, well enough. If you love it, great. But uh, in terms of the the docudrama element mm, of it, mm. uh, so you, yeah, like that kind of docudrama, dra- dramatic con- reconstructions and stuff like that. Even I found up until recently was kind of there was. Uh, a reluctance or a worry about it in terms of oh it might seem like crime call or whatever. Yeah. Um, did you what did you do you find that some it's probably changing a bit now, but do you find sometimes people are just because it can be done so wrong? Well, I think it's an easy stick to beat it with. Yeah, I think it's an easy way for lazy critics. There's a lot of them. Yeah, uh, to beat down a story, and you know what. In one sense, they have an argument because there's been an awful lot of stuff where visual dr- drama within a documentary element, uh, sometimes it's not needed, and sometimes it's really just a kind of visual wallpaper right. to cover the cracks yeah, yeah. and get through a narrative. And yeah. you, you see a lot of that in the historical stuff on Netflix particularly. Yeah. I saw one recently which was brilliant. It was in a shot in, um, on film in 4.3 for the reconstructions for the Third Reich, 
which was really interestingly okay. done, actually. And it yeah. was that, and there was no dialogue in it or anything like that. But something I always did was put dialogue into reconstructions. Right. Yeah. I always had people acting. Yeah. In it. I always had. I, I mean, I think we did a really strong visual piece on uh, the War of the Three Kings, um, which was about kind of the Scottish invasion of Ireland in the 17th century. And mm. like we created a kind of a drama threading through the skeleton, although which I thought really worked. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, it's. I Dolores was slightly different because, well, there was no archive to deal with, so we had to create our own yeah. archive as such, if I yeah. want to have a better word. But, look, it's a... I remember bringing I Dolores, um, took a lot out of me as director, to be honest with you, just really? put work into it. and Because um, yeah, you worked a long time on it, you were fuck all money. Yeah. Um, it got critically acclaimed great. I mean, I, I'm still pissed off how it was received in Ireland. Really? It was ignored in a lot of ways. Yeah, I... We were kind of championing it on the show mm. at the time. I, I I saw I caught it. I loved it. I, I think it's one of the strongest Irish yes. docs of the last ten twenty years. I don't know. Just saying. That. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'd say that if you weren't here. So. Yeah. Um, uh, and wh- why do you think? That I think was? it. Um, it's funny. I was very adamant that uh, I remember going to see a really good doc, Bobby Sands, made by a guy you know Brendan Byrne. Sixty six days. Sixty six yeah, days. Amazing. And he opened it in Galway. Mm. And I went to the after uh, thing down the the yacht or the, uh, the yeah you know I'm not a big fan the wrong club the wrong club yeah and the, the argument and the mayhem that followed that was unreal really and I said to myself when we're making our so I'm not opening it in Ireland okay <clears throat> I showed it in Galway but I'm not opening it okay um, we showed it abroad and I'm glad because it's I needed to know it was a story that could travel universally people were kind of shocked by certain elements of it especially about the radicalization the fundamentalist ideas mm. the fact that it wasn't taking sides. Um, so when we brought it back to Ireland, it kind of it had stood by itself, it stood on its own, and you know, yeah, it was a, it came as a well-respected film, you know. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing when I got to Ireland, it's critically went down well, um, but I found I remember going on to Brendan O'Connor, like or mm. Mary Finucle at the time, yeah. Rester, and then Brendan O'Connor was hosting it, and it was like it, it didn't fit the narrative that about Jim McConville that the press had put out for the last five or six years it's a common thing I find in the Irish media yeah. mainstream media they're not willing <laughs> to face the facts on certain things right I mean I don't want to go into the whole argument about Jim McConville and thing but you know it was well known in Belfast times Jim McConville who had been working with the British forces yeah whether that's true or not that's what Dolores Price believed and what happened to her was unconscionable and yeah. I totally that. but it was the Irish media's and the, like the independence inability to accept that this had happened, but we, we were presenting the killer. Yeah, he said, "This is what happened." Yeah, yeah. But no, it, it, it's but it has to come back to the defence of the, the, the mother of ten kids, which is fair enough. Yeah, but that's not the whole story. Yeah, and it didn't, and it also wasn't a way of getting Jerry Adams. Right, it didn't fit that narrative of. So it, I, that's what. Look, I've beat my head around the bush. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's yeah. what I think sometimes. Yeah. I think there's an element that people don't like hybrid that that, that word mm. hybrid, which I hate mm. the, the drama docs puts them off yeah um, do you find there's a bit of an, an element of fatigue with the troubles in Ireland that could be it but again the press don't seem to think so when they were coming up to the last election mm. you know I mean the the IRA have been paraded out yeah as the you know the ghost behind the machine yeah you yeah. know very much and that's not dying I think but I think possibly maybe the way we saw the vote going 
Mm. It was interesting way maybe yeah, we are over that a bit. Yeah, well, I'd be talking more, say, in terms of cinema and, you know, films about yeah. the Troubles and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I wonder. It's a good point, actually, because have there been any great dramas done? You wonder, you know. Um, one that comes to mind that was that I thought was strong for the last few years was 71. Yeah, I enjoyed 71. Yeah. yeah. 71 was good, yeah. Um, perhaps, yeah. I mean, it, it's like when I go to England and show I Dolores or talk about the Troubles, because I've done yeah. a lot of stuff about the Troubles over the years. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. It was my first time. Yeah. Dina, but it, it's kind of, um, it comes back to that argument, if the Irish knew a little less about their history and the English knew a little bit more about theirs, we'd probably get on a bit better. Because <laughs> in a lot of ways they don't. Yeah. Uh, they don't really care that much. Yeah. They get on with their life, you know. Yeah. Where yeah. we still have this thing, that badge of identity thing, mm. and I think maybe we're, we think about history too much sometimes. Yeah. I don't want to oversimplify it in that respect. No, yeah. But I think it's a good point you're making. There is possibly an element of fatigue about the troubles. And, mm. um, and you know, you're, you're, we should be making new stories about, we should be making stuff about what's going on at the moment in Ireland. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, it's rife for opportunity. Yeah. It's rife for an Irish Ken Loach or a Mike Lee or a, to come out and start making stuff, you know? Yeah. I think they're out there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, look, hopefully they get the break. I mean, yeah. And in fairness, I think the film board have really improved over the last few years. Mm. We didn't feel when we were, even if it got back up run again, we, as young filmmakers, we, we were kind of scared to approach them. Really? Yeah. It, it wasn't seen as a kind of, it was seen as a kind of a club, I think. Yeah. But that's changed, I think, which is great. I yeah. Mean, there are opportunities. Yeah. One thing I found out is if you've got a good idea, just go to people and talk to them because there's never been a bigger demand for content, which is a wonderful thing. You know, yeah. In a lot of ways. But it's, it's where it ends up and what you want to do with it. And you would work, um, you've worked with a lot of different, say, broadcasters and different channels mm. that um, maybe some of our listeners wouldn't be familiar with or wouldn't know how to go about you know, maybe you could just talk about, you know, getting work uh, as a job and director. <clears throat> as a job, it's, um, some of the ideas are my own. I go to production companies with, yeah. uh, more, uh, often it's production companies. We would have talked while we're on a job. What about this is interesting. What about this arts documentary? Would you be interested in doing something on that person? Mm. So it's it kind of, it's it's gone from an early stage, but I mean, I would be looking with respect. I have my door in, my foot in the door in RTE, say, for instance, yeah. National Broadcaster. Yeah. And particularly when they were starting to do more arts documentaries that I was able to prove, well, here's a creative hands, but they're also, you know, they get it done well and they get it, it's neat. And it was never fighting. I like working with commission editors, to be honest with yeah. you. I like knowing what they want. And yeah. what, you know what I mean? And rather than me going off. And I'm, again, that comes back to probably commercials in a lot of ways where I was able to read the room. Yeah. Which I think is... Which I think is really important for directors to learn these days. What, where you're making the program for, what sort of idea they want the program to be. Right. Now, whether it be documentary or drama, that like yeah. everything comes as a brand in one sense. And I know it's, I'm talking about this as a very commercial thing, but that's the reality of where we are at the moment. And yeah. you want to make stuff is that they have a certain idea of their brand and what this drama is mm. or what this documentary is, and it's good to, as a director to try and get that, uh, understand that as much as possible. But uh, it's, I mean, it's harder. I mean, I had a really interesting conversation with an agent in London yesterday. Yeah. Um, I was just talking about joining him. I'm not sure, see what goes. You know, yeah. and, and I have no problem with what she said to me. She says, the problem at the moment, you're white and you've got a penis. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, and I say, fair enough, because yeah. we've had it for too long. But yeah. there's, there's, there's so many things out there up against directors 
doing mm. stuff. But that, that's the kind of stuff you need to be aware of as well. Uh, and I've no problem, and I, I think I, all for and I think, but the film board are doing is great. Like yeah. much more equity in directors and 50-50, I'm all for it, and it's great. So yeah. it's about time people like me had a problem with it. You know what I mean? But it's still, as a director, it's not nice to hear. No, you know? yeah, but I'm, yeah. like, I think I'm good. Yeah, and that's why you try and argue. But yeah. but what I, what I found is people. What, what I found, and I learned something new every time I go and do a job with a different company. Yeah, everybody wants something very different, and they're very trying to figure out what they want and how yeah. you can give it to them in one way but still retain your own that touchstone of, I talked about that image of what you have as what the film could be or should be yeah. or, you know yeah. and it's but look it's it's hard I mean it's getting that it's the first break yeah I think is it's getting the foot in the door and then yeah uh, but I'm seeing now guys who've like I always guys who made short films short film after short film which I was always unsure of at the start mm. now they're getting breaks as feature film yeah which is great to see yeah um, I couldn't have done that I needed to work needed to work yeah you know what yeah. I mean yeah. um, and I could, I could never be and I respect the guys who've d- waited four or five years between each film yeah but I couldn't have done that I needed to work yeah and I yeah. need because I felt I learnt more by working yeah um and it was never, I liked writing, but I was never confident enough to be a scriptwriter by myself. Right. I like being given a ball and running with it. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I think the world needs directors like us in a lot of ways, directors yeah. for hire, but. Yeah. I mean, I love writing, I have my own projects I want to do, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess it's having a balance between, you know, having those passion projects mm. and then being able to work to briefs. It is, but it's also, I think, I think we're a good director. Uh, like, I wanted a break from Docs for a yeah. while after I had Dolores, so I've taken it, and I'm doing dramas, which I'm really doing, enjoying at the moment. Yeah. And I've, I'll be honest, I've never felt more awake directing in a long time. Really, yeah. Working with actors, working with crews, and working off a script that's there, and, you know, yeah. and I just, it's, it's something I needed to do for myself. Mm. Down the line, I would love to do a one-act play in The Fringe, Really, you yeah. know, with an actor uh, yeah. and a set. Uh, yeah, because I, th- I, I feel like we need to challenge ourselves not a lot, really, yeah. all, and all the time more so than anything. Yeah, like I think everyone should get into a booth and do an ADR session, and you know, every director should do that to kind of feel what it's like to be an actor sometime. Right. Just yeah. to put yourself in positions where you're not usually, because we can make life very comfortable for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard. We don't. We're not the first people to put ourselves out there because we can ask other people to do it for yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> Actors are wonderful in that respect. Yeah. But I think it's really important to know. But that that that's just to challenge yourself, yeah, creatively to do something. And I, I have to say, I've never enjoyed working a long time from doing what I'm doing at the moment, for instance. Right. That, that might get tired. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Do you find the difference between documentary and drama? Like one thing would be, I would say in documentary you're in edit a lot more, and that takes up more of the time. Do you, how do you like? How do you kind of approach your edit? Uh, the edit changes for, for the edit change for each one. Like I Dolores for a particular edit because we did a sound bed edit first yeah. hand because we'd had a script written to a certain extent. Right. We even shot anything, so there was kind of an audio edit done. Uh. In one respect, I mean, you arrive into a drama hmm. now and it's assembled for you. Okay. You know, I mean, I was working with Terry Collins, who's a great cutter, uh, and assistant editor, Dara Morn, who they have the, they're sending you cuts at the end of each week. So you're, and 
you might see dailies, but you'll see a cut in assembly at the end of each week. So you're walking in with three weeks to go and it's pretty much there. Right. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's not far off, you yeah. know. It's, yeah. it's the, the skeleton of it's there. Yeah. Where you can spend 23 weeks sometimes in an edit on a dock. Yeah. And the, the structure of it might change. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very lucky to have worked with, say, McMahon a lot in the documentaries I've done. Uh, Isolt Howlett and Emer O'Cleary, you know, and they're, 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 I've got the tr- so much trust in them that I think it's also really important for a director now when to walk away from an edit. Um, I think sometimes we sit in the edit too long. Right. Um, yeah. I think we need to go in and get our editorial idea across or what's the kernel, what's the touchstone, what's the story right. this about and how can you as an editor sh- help shape that? Yeah. And do walk away, I think, is the... Uh, because I think the more you sit there, the more end, the more time you'll end up there. I know that's really? stating the bleeding obvious, but it's, it, it's you just. I think you get you need to walk away. I think you need the editor space to because they're the writers as well in a, in a respect in that sense. Yeah, especially in documentary, um, and they've got to find their voice in it. And I think it's it's creating that space for a documentary to let it grow. I think is a really interesting thing. Yeah, where the. And there's a fluidity to to it, which is much more interesting than cutting drama in a, in a way. Yeah, but they're, they're very different. They're crafts. I mean, I love cutting the drama because one little nuance cut makes a huge difference to a scene. Where I think documentary is just about it finds itself somehow mm. through you and the editor. Yeah, yeah. It's that organic thing. I don't know what it is, but it's just a, but I think yeah, learn to learn when to walk away. Yeah, yeah. I think and editors love you for that as well. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, History seems to be something that you always come back to in your work. Is it, is it just something that you're interested in generally? Yeah, I always loved history in school. Um, I could, from early days, loved Russian history. Uh, I mean, it, it, my go-to book, if it's not a crime novel, I'll go, it'll be a big tome of a history book, like right, yeah. a Tom Holland, his new one, or Dominion, or, you know, I mean, I just... Uh, I, I love it. I mean, I, in a lot of ways, I was kind of half thinking years ago, will I just stay doing history? But yeah. But then that wouldn't have been the challenge. I don't think, again, I needed to. Mm. I kind of enjoy it too much as a subject for it to be working in it all the time. All the time, yeah. You know? So it's like I love sport, you know. But uh, I remember did a documentary on me on Murherty years ago. I mean, that was, I spent a year, a year following him throughout the championship. Yeah. And being a G, GA fan myself, fan myself, which was wonderful. And yeah. Access. And it was a great film to work on that, you know, to get access. But if you're doing sport all the time, I think, again, that'll yeah. ruin your love of it. Because yeah. I like to go look at a match and not think about it. You know? Yeah. It's kind of a common thing with directors. Like, if you've done a lot of docs, yeah. you just, you, it's great. It's very refreshing to go and do yeah. some drama. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, it's good. It suits me to shape it up. Mm. That, I think it's, I f- it just keeps me a bit sharper. Yeah. And I actually think drama learns from doc and doc learns from drama, as I was saying to you earlier on. Yeah. I think you bring stuff and... Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about you kind of evocating a story. You know what I mean? Uh, and in your own way, and it's yeah. and your own how you imbibe in some form or other. You know, it, it's it's fine. It's it's your absolute expression of creativity. Yeah. Um, and it's good for me. It suits my head to mix it up now and then. I think I get really bored, and I, I'm probably not as good. A director when I stay doing the same thing. Really, yeah. Because there's certain tropes you can go back to all the time and we're all guilty of it sometimes. Yeah. Um, like I often, I try now when I'm doing a kind of a personal thing, even if a document, 
and in person, say, for instance, someone I'm meeting at the moment, a musician, and uh, there's uh, the producers are keen to have everybody talk about this famous musician as brilliant, and I don't want to do that because okay. it's about a musician and it should be music in it. Yeah. But they're more interested in his life. Right. Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of f- trying to find a way then. Yeah. To tell that story. Yeah. Um, that suits me because I I don't want. I mean, the one thing I've become, or I don't do stuff I don't want to do anymore. You know. Right. And I'm lucky in that respect. I really am. Yeah. Um. But uh, hopefully that can continue. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Touch wood. You know. I, I know it, music. I mean, we had uh, Gav Fitzgerald on recently, yeah. and he did the one on uh, Liam. Gallagher mm. uh, so I guess there is and he's, I guess he's kind of known as someone who can uh, take these kind of big characters because uh, yeah. he did the yeah. Conor McGregor one and that yeah. uh, but it, they mightn't necessarily I guess there's so many parties to kind of keep happy I guess so you have well, to choose yeah I mean that's yeah I mean and as soon you realise that when you go into as a, as a jobbing director mm. that's the reality of it like, right you know, there's, there's your immediate producer, your line producer on the shoot. There's a, a producer who doesn't come up to the shoot or generally will come at the end of the shoot. Yeah. Uh, then there's your producer in the other country who's dealing with the channel. And then you've got the channel and then you got the channels are now owned by other big corporate groups, yeah. media groups. Yeah. Um, so you're often getting a whole load new set of notes that you never got before. Look, in fairness, most of them are fine. Yeah. I, I haven't really had a... I've had more notes from RT sometimes than right. smaller things right, than yeah. I've had from bigger corporations. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it look, it depends on what it is, and depends yeah. on and how sensitive it is, and yeah. legals and stuff like that. But I've actually found some, and I'm not putting down people in RT or RT. I think a lot would be great to deal with, but mm. sometimes I've found the bigger corporations are actually really quite open. Really, yeah, to some stuff. I mean, look, they'll they'll say very clearly, "We don't want this." Yeah. Which is kind of been a good thing to know from the start, yeah. you know, um, so you're not kind of going down the wrong path as it was. But uh, look, but that's something you, uh, for any young younger directors coming up to say, you've got to be aware of that, like, because you know, mm. it's it's part of the world we deal with. And um, there's a great, in, Kieran Donnelly gave a great talk to um, prospective directors who were pitching ideas recently to RT and he was bringing his experience of work and say from the OA uh, you know to huge things from uh, Krypton yeah. you know working in the, the big American TV system doing top budget stuff and, yeah. and talk about the pitch even the simplest the, the language of stuff yeah um, how to get your ideas across and because it's because it's such a noisy marketplace sometimes it's the simplest and clearest voice that'll come through yeah. if it's said concisely. <laughs> and so it, it's trying to find that simplicity of idea and simplicity of, I suppose, creativity and directing. Yeah. Sometimes it gets yeah gets out more, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's also, everyone's telling me, how do you pitch yourself, you know? Really? You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, look, it's a changing world, I think. But, but I think people are more, hopefully the more adept at getting used to that as a business. Yeah. And w- so you're like you've you're very versatile. You've got a huge, very varied mm. uh, kind of slate. Like uh, you've done big kind of historical mm. docudramas. Yeah. Uh, do you ever get do you ever get overwhelmed or anything like that on on the set? Um, 
No, I'm lucky. I, I get really nervous before a shoot. Right. Um, uh, I get. I hate pre-production, and anyone who knows me well knows that. Right. Um, I I just get antsy. I just want to be out shooting it. And I, I'm my most comfortable on a shoot. Really. Um, and I'm, I'm actually the bigger the crew, the better I am. Right. But and it just suits me for some reason. Yeah. I'd like. I just. I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy everyone pulling together, and it's generally a really calm set. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not blowing me on trumpet, but I mean it. I get feedback from crew and say they like work with me because it, you know, it's a quiet, it's a creative yeah. space to work in. And um, look, when something needs to be said, it has to be said, and that's fine. Yeah. But no, I like, I love. I lo- there's no point losing the head. It's only TV. It's yeah. Only, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's. Uh, but no, I, I love shooting. But it's the pre-production does my. That's when I get really? nervous. I just really get nervous. I just, how could this go wrong? Or right. It's that old. On they're going to find me out or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they, you know they're. They're going to cop on and ring me one more and say, no, we don't need you anymore. Thank yeah. you. So once you're shooting, you're right to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But no, I've always, I've always enjoyed the shooting. I've always loved posts. So yeah. it's, because um, I've, I've always enjoyed sitting in an edit, but not for too long either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's, uh, so you need a limit. I guess that would speak to the importance of a good producer. Yeah. And um, would there be any, any, any kind of things that you learned from producers over the years? A huge amount. Um, and I worked with a lot of very different types of producers. Uh, I love creative producers, um, and I think producers aren't given enough credit in their creativity sometimes of how to do stuff with money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd always have a fairly high production value aspiration to do something. No matter how much we have, yeah. we can try and make it a look, look a feel a bit better. I mean, I think we always had that from college, to be honest with yeah. you. Because um, we were kind of competing with each other and to a certain extent in a good way and helping each other. Yeah. So I think we've always had that, and I think um, I love producers who can uh, cop onto that and get a very. And it's funny the, the producers who pay for the simple things, well, and the most important things like food. Yeah. Like travel. Yeah. Like subsistence. Yeah. They're often the really creative producers, because. They're looking after the, the basic yeah. the glue that holds a shoot together yeah. or a production together. Yeah. But I found the ones that penny pinch in certain areas aren't particularly the most creative producers because right. yeah. it's about the line then. It's about yeah. getting under line or staying in or around the line and yeah. spend. But no, I've, I've, I think directors really should work with, um, I mean, benefit from producers so much. I mean, and you've, I, I think it's great now you have this kind of rapport now in Ireland. And like Lenny will always proudly talk about Ed. Mm. Um, Paddy would have talked about, you know, his producer, Paddy Brown. You know, yeah. so it, 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 you kind of find kindred spirits a lot of the time. Yeah. And you, you, you battle with them and that's fair enough. And once yeah. it's all said and done and it's left, left alone after work, that's yeah. fine because we're all here to make... Nobody's going in there to make something bad, you no. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think, but it's... it's uh, I think the more... What we're trying to do at the moment, I mean, I'm being the Screen Directors Guild, we're trying to get producers to be more open with directors. Right. Regards from the contract stage to yeah. the post-production stage, just to be a bit more open about because everyone's going in with the same intention, yeah. trying to make this program, this documentary, this drama, this short, this animation, the best it can be. Yeah. Um, and the more open space of dialogue that there is there between producers and directors, and think then directors, you know, down the line to the DOPs mm. and HODs, Makes it a lot more interesting and a lot more future creatively, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes something we've talked about here before is kind of a 
a disconnect in that mm. we have directors and writers who are looking for producers and then you have producers who are looking for directors and writers and um, maybe there's just a better way of and everyone's kind of trying to find this way to open up dialogue yeah, because the problem is, it's a, we, I've always said, it's a very delicate ecosystem we all live in. Like, you yeah. know, and we are totally reliant on each other because yeah. it won't happen without either of us. Um, and that's the very, the two pillars of it, yeah. essentially, or the producer and director and the writer, you know, the three pillars out there. Um, and it's, it's trying to work together, but th- there isn't enough open dialogue. I don't think there's enough open space or creative space that w- is there for people at the mm. moment to probably meet I don't know. I'd love to see a better way of connecting people or, you know. I mean, yeah. what was happening was interesting, I thought, when they did Catalyst was mm. three years ago. Yeah, even was more than that. Even yeah. more, is yeah. it? Okay, yeah. for I me, mean, the drummer and the keeper came out of it, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I remember that day, though, in Dublin. Yeah. And there was a real buzz in the room great, of excitement. Yeah. It was yeah. a real buzz of people meeting up with different people. And it, look, I don't know what came out of that. Yeah. But yeah. there was an active thing put on by Screen Ireland or Finnabord mm. at the time yeah. to, you know, create that open and corridor between producers and directors. Yeah. And I know they're doing another one now. Um, can't remember. It's for, I know, Lisa P- McCarty and stuff has benefited from POV. it. POV. POV, exactly. Yeah. Um, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, we probably need a bit more of that, I think. Yeah. Just as a conduit to get it going, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, it says... Because they're all, as I said, it's a delicate ecosystem. Yeah. You don't need each other. <laughs> no. It becomes unstuck very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we're living in that era of centenaries, which is great for historical docs. Um, Trial of the Century, mm. that was really cool. I really enjoyed it at the time. It was a, mm. kind of a refreshing take. Where did that come from? Uh, that that came, purely I was approached by uh, Loose Horse, who had the co-production, with, and Loose Horse, a company I'd worked with before, uh, and they were with Treasure Entertainment, um, and they had a great uh, one, great script, first draft script from Hugh Travers, yeah. which I thought was really smartly written, you know. And um, very little changed, really. It's really smart script. I think he's a really smart writer. Yeah. Um, and you got Colin Murphy in to write second episode. Okay. Um, so it was a really. Um, uh, I mean, it wasn't a huge budget. Mm. We kind of decided it was going to be fully drama. Yeah. Um, I was fairly... Uh, it was a great chance for me to try and get Ireland's top tacti- acting talent in a room, you know? And it was yeah. very much that old-fashioned thing of... Let's, like that old play for today they used to do. Yeah. You know? Just yeah. get a high-octane drama in a room. And uh, a trial is... And a trial is yeah. a perfect way to do it. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it suffered at the end of the day of viewer. I think it did quite well for TV3 at the time. Mm. But it, I, I'm really, really proud of it. I think I, I thought it was a really engaging, dripping, gripping drama like, that was had fun with historical figures and sacred cows. Yeah. Um, and I thought Tom Von Lawler's, you know, really portrayal of Pierce is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and without giving it away, there's a lovely ambiguity, but a pathos there about... I think how we feel about Pierce in general, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what side you're on. Yeah. Because um, it's that distant sacred cow. And I thought it was, it was a brave one for Treasure to take on a loose horse because uh, I know they did a kind of a mock-up trial towards the end, did their third episode, but we did two full drama, one-hour dramas, and it was great. We shot in one location, and um, I loved making it. Because that was the first full drama done in a while. So it was, uh, yeah, no, I loved doing it. It was a great cast. And a lot of cast have worked, gone back and worked with since, actually. Um, 
So, which is a question we ask a lot of filmmakers. If you could talk to yourself when you were first starting out, looking back now, what advice would you give? Uh, get your ideas and start knocking on doors sooner. Okay. I, I wish I hadn't procrastinated so much. Right. I think we were of a generation that procrastinated an awful lot. <laughs> uh, you know, in our tents outside the Galway Fla when it was in the Fclada Palace. Right. Um, Talking about making films. I think we talked about making films more than we actually made a lot of the time. Yeah. In fairness, we were, I mean, I've always kept busy. I mean, a lot of us have always kept busy. I think we didn't seize the bull by the horn. Right. When we could have sometimes. Um, and I think that came out of that era, though I don't think we were fully confident in what we were doing. Yeah. I don't think we fully believe that the film board would fund us or with, yeah. you know we had film base which I think is one of the greatest losses gone yeah it's a huge step off yeah. you know from, from filmmaking off the street yeah it's gone but we had that kind of thing yeah I went back and lectured there for you know, the odd time afterwards but yeah. that's gone but I think that's what I would say to myself the younger self yeah just get off your arse and yeah. go into that room and pitch it you know yeah and, and not be scared to be turned down, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I think younger filmmakers are getting better at that. Mm. And I think that's really important. I think it's... I see my own kids, they're more confident. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not... I don't want to tire every of my yeah. generation with the same much. No, yeah. <laughs> Definitely for me, I would say yeah, that, that yeah. for myself. If I... Yeah. Should have done it. Um, so you've directed a few episodes of Blood, and so that people can watch that, that's... That's going, going out every Monday on Virgin One at the moment. It's going out on Channel 5 in England next month. And then I have a, another drama called Penance just finished today, pretty much doing the mix on. And that's going out on Channel 5 in England next month. Brilliant. So, yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much.